today on Typical Books, it is a wrap up of the horror books I read in May and horror books I'm going to read in June. Now, of course, as usual, there may be some not quite horror things or things that you might not put into the horror genre, but we'll get to that. As usual, there is a bridge book and I didn't get to read every single book on my list. So there is one duplicate being carried over and I'm leaving some space for something that's about to come in. But we'll start out with the patron pick from last month, which was The Haunting of Kanawe House or Kanoa House or Kanave House to be exact. It's more properly pronounced as Kanave House. And actually, I'll come back to this book. Instead, I'll go backwards on the list and some of the stuff that I read after that. The Psycho, I finally did get to it. And I'm going to do a video coming up that talks a little bit more about this particular book in the face of other books that share a similar title. Hint, hint, probably Psycho by Robert Block. But yeah, The Psycho was really fun. It's really short. It's really a uh, throwback to like almost Beaver Cleaver 50s style of horror. But yeah, it was fun to get back to it. I get why I didn't like it when I first read it. And it's not that it was a weird take on mental illness at the time, because it is a little bit. A lot of horror that features mental illness is. There's a real, it's really tough to get around that, that you're going to be stopping on quicksand every time you talk about uh, medical things within the realm of fiction if you're not a specialist or you're not making a 100% uh, factual style fictionalized take on it. If you're using this as a personality defect, which in this case it definitely is, there are going to be some landmines you're tiptoeing around. And I think that there was less cause for worry when writing that back then. So uh, yeah, it has a little bit of that, but that's not what I didn't like about it. We'll get into it another time, but suffice it to say, it was an interesting read and I'm very happy to have it back on my shelves in that it is a very weird counterpart to Psycho, which is a very different book, features a very different gentleman, and it's a very different story. So yeah, I like having the Psycho on my shelf once again. Some of the ebooks that I read, I got into Only Psychos by Daniel J. Volpe right after that, and that was really fun. I really liked that book. I've seen some sort of not mixed reviews, really, sort of, but there were some people that didn't uh, take to Volpe's work right away. I don't know if they read only Psychos. I don't think so. I think they read other books by him. Uh, I haven't read anything else and I'm interested too. And I may wait for the next book and then work backwards in his catalog if I get around to it. You know, so many books, so little time, but I'm so glad that I read only Psychos. It was super fun, like in a B slasher way. And it is an extreme horror book. It is very graphic with its violence, like not gonna lie, but it's not extreme extreme. It's not, you know, a super roughy, uh, you should be a seasoned veteran of the genre or subgenre to pick up this book. I think that you could have a lot of fun with it. If you don't mind some of the uh, older or lighter extreme novels that are sort of violence for violence sake in a way, it, you don't mind that sort of gratuitous gore uh, I think that that's a way, really neat place to be in a fandom in that you don't forsake a book 
for its violence for violence sake because you're like yes that's what i'm here for thank you very much glad you have it and uh, this particular book does have a reason for all of its violence although it is just pretty brutal bloody carnage in a lot of places but very enjoyable the plot moves along every single bit of violence actually serves the plot even though it is as fun as a book that doesn't when you find that fun i'm not sure how to articulate that properly but yeah i really liked that book so yes a huge star to only psychos if you enjoy some nice extreme violence b-grade slasher sort of level stuff if you enjoyed something like i don't know fun house or or the idea of like texas chainsaw massacre or any of those you know like motel hell where there's just a lot of goony violence going on uh but it's, it's pretty drop dead serious like it's not a, a comedy by any means at all but it is fun if you find b-grade slasher hyper violence fun to keep on the extreme violence train, I read Splatterpunk Forever, and that's edited by Jack Bantry and Kit Power. So I don't know why I hadn't gotten to this sooner. It wasn't that stellar, though, so I guess I didn't miss much. I enjoyed it. It was very enjoyable. Very short read, actually. The short stories are short, and there's maybe 13 of them, 12 or 13 of them, so it's not super girthy. If you're looking for a nice, quick anthology, to introduce yourselves to maybe new or new to you splatterpunk authors that's a really great buy i think but yeah it was short i enjoyed it it wasn't anything to write home about and none of the stories really stick in my mind too much the ryan harding story that it opens up with was probably my standout pick go figure though i am a ryan Harding fan. Then next was my secret reading. I usually do a review every two months maybe and sometimes they're ghostwritten so you don't get to hear about my secret reading but this one uh, was a normal review and it was Glyph by Tony Evans. So like I said not really horror like I hinted at at the beginning. It is like a cyberpunk novel. If you find cyberpunk scary though, then it is horror. I gave a talk on horror and the different shades of horror, and there is a video version of that here on my channel. But someone in the Q&A of the live version had said, where does science fiction fit within horror? And of course it's like a sister genre under speculative fiction to horror. But if science fiction scares you, then it is horror, right? Because horror is an emotion and you can find it in every genre, which is a conversation that's been happening lately. But yeah, cyberpunk unsettles me. And sure, it's darker than a lot of other science fiction books. It's grittier and sometimes it can be gorier. So mm, cyberpunk fiction, is it horror? discuss amongst yourselves or in the comments. <laughs> I really enjoyed it though. Glyph was a throwback to the William Gibson era of cyberpunk, the, the godfather of cyberpunk as he is. And I really liked the gritty nature. I liked the punk, splatterpunk sort of vision of the future that he portrays and our escape from earth or our looming escape from earth, our desired escape from earth, the escape from earth that shouldn't have happened and the way that Earth is, and the almost caste system that we've devolved into. And that's something that a lot of futurist science fiction writes about as far as part of their dystopian future, is that we have segregated instead of coming together. It's like the anti 
Star Trek Federation sort of model where we have segregated into almost warring factions. And I really like this. Really well written. It is almost written to a middle grade level as well too. So if you don't really like horror and gore or uh, gratuitous sex or violence or swearing, none of those things really have a home in Glyph, which I like because also, speaking of science fiction and dystopian futures, a lot of them are uh, quite sanitized. So this book also lends itself to that. I really like the convention of the glyph itself. They're talking about almost like a mark of the beast, a new world order sort of identification thing that people have, which is this glyph. I really like the whole story about that. I like the naming conventions of people in the book, just really well written. And that was what was on my Kindle. There was a few other things that I picked up on my Kindle. I'll get to them probably next month. So it'll be in next month's video. On to The Haunting of Kanave House by Stephen Rigolosi, as promised. I had videoed a whole bunch of vlog entries and I think that's why there's been such a delay in me making a video because I just I'm weirded out by the vlogs that I recorded. They're not bad. Maybe I will add them to this video, add them to another video. Maybe I'll put them secret places. I don't know. I don't know why I was so uncomfortable with it. It was so easy and convenient and fun to video them. But when it comes to like editing, boy, did I get lazy. Anyway, Haunting a Kanave House. I did enjoy it. It has some stumbling blocks. Things like the particular uh, hang up I had was with the main character having scars that were four years old that kept popping open and bleeding all over. While visually appealing and mentally appealing, I like the idea of somebody's scars just popping open like it's an anime from the 80s and blood spreading out all over all the time. Uh, I liked that. It wasn't very realistic though when the rest of this book is very grounded in reality. It's a dual timeline book as I mentioned last month and I did enjoy that even though I enjoyed it more in the last half of the book where everything sort of slows down a little bit. And not story-wise, the story pace picks up in the latter half of this book. In the beginning half though we're spending a lot of time going very short chapters, chapter by chapter, back and forth in time to like the 1870s to present day and every chapter is very short and is resting you from one time to another one set of characters to another much more broad set of characters in present day we only have a few characters to wrangle and they're all very different people so it's very easy to keep straight uh, in the past however there are a lot of people that are very samey and a lot of names to remember a lot of relationships to keep track of and people in two different towns that are warring, converging, that sort of thing. So there's a lot of mixing of different groups of people. And it's very hard to keep straight who's friends, who's enemies, who's mates, who's daughters and sons, like all of that. It's very hard to keep straight. The Reverend Kanave is a great character. That's very easy. And there's these twins that are sort of henchmen to him. And I really like the imagery of them. Some of the women involved as well easier to keep straight because they have particular personalities but there's like all these dudes and like other women that I get all mixed up. Maybe it's just me, I don't know. But I tried to read this very closely and I was filming a vlog while I was reading this so I shouldn't have been as confused as I was but I was. Later on in the book it's a lot easier to keep straight because some people aren't in the story anymore let's say. So it's a little easier to keep that cast, that very girthy cast of the past straight. 
but I, I, and I liked how the past and present converged. I get my obligatory library scene that you think you're going to get with a book that's named The Haunting of Kanave House. And the house itself is not as much of a character as I always want a haunted house to be, uh, but the characters more than make up for that. So enjoyable. I had a, my stumbling blocks for sure. Uh, I'll probably post the vlog that somehow deflated me so much to make. Interestingly, that book comes from Black Rose Writing, and I had mentioned I'd never heard that publisher before, and I've heard the publisher just today, in fact, on the Writer's Beware blog. So I haven't followed other titles by that particular publishing house before. So I'm very curious uh, as to the success of this book and how that's going to be impacted, if indeed this publisher is one to watch, and not in a good way. Before I get to the book that I didn't read, I have a bridge book, Dark Companions by Ramsey Campbell. I'm about uh, just under halfway through it and I am enjoying it. It's slow though. And I found the same thing when I was reading Shadows and Tall Trees, volume eight, uh, last summer. And I don't know if it is summer and quiet horror for me don't mix. So it is quieter horror. Ramsey, Cam there is a story in here actually that is really dastardly and I really enjoyed the living hell out of it. Uh, it's not quiet horror by any means but it's told in a Ramsey Campbell way. It almost tricks you and lulls you into these really horrible horrible visions but yeah really enjoyable that way but uh, it is pace wise a little slow. I know I've got some more action-packed books coming up on the next month so we'll talk about that in a second but yes maybe that will save me from the doldrums. Uh, I am enjoying it, but maybe it's just a wrong time for me to read this. So I will continue reading it, but maybe only a story a night and it'll stretch on in the next week and a half or so, something like that. So enjoyable, enjoying it. I was just maybe very slow to get to it. Maybe I should have read it the beginning of last month. I don't know about me and quieter horror in the summer months. Now to bridge the bridge book, it is going to be Beware by Richard Lehman. Getting more into action packed. Maybe this is what I need. I don't know why I didn't get to it. Oh, I know why I didn't get to it. Because I read other books instead. I started reading Splatterpunk Forever, which was not on the list. I took on a review, which was not on the list. And I've picked up some other really cool proofreading works. So stuff that's not on the list. I definitely have to make some time for this. So. Uh, I'm going to read it at the same time I'm reading Dark Companions. Maybe that's a bad habit, reading more than one book at once. Do you do that overlap books? I used to be really bad for it, really, really bad for it. And I've part of my wrap ups and TBRs and taking on a patron pick, which is my most favorite book and more on that in a second. I tried to not overlap reading books, not including nonfiction especially if I was reading it for like a course or something. So I would just read nonfiction whenever at a very, it's a very different mindset. But as far as fiction, I've tried to not overlap things. I've done really good the past like year, not overlapping things, but here we are once again into the breach. I'm going to read two books at once. Before I get into what I'm going to read for June or what's left of June, I will introduce you to my new little friend right here. You may have noticed this tiny bear skull. It was a gift from my sister, actually, and he was found in the forest on some walk or camping trip. And he was in this condition when they found him, the poor little fella. 
but yeah just a baby bear they figure and i haven't really looked much closer to verify that it is indeed a bear but yeah he's very cute very beat up but wonderfully weathered so i do really enjoy that there's something about a very weathered old skull finding it in the forest just like this that i do enjoy so i'm really thankful for this i have quite a few bones and skulls around the house and a lot of them don't make it into my videos so i will show another this particular skull is hanging outside and weathering where it ought to be. It was in a pond at my sister's property for quite some time. It was a result of a hunt and as she was tanning the hide and using all parts of the animal, this gift came into my hands and I'm very happy to have it. It's been a long time coming because of restrictions. We haven't been able to visit as often and shipping something like this, I don't even think you can, so we didn't. And uh, I brought my gift home finally after seeing pictures of it and pictures of it in the pond, having nature do its work. So I was very, very pleased to own this gorgeous thing. It'll come inside maybe next year. I also have a big chunk of moose spine or bear spine, we're pretty sure it's moose spine that is uh, upstairs as a gift from my cousin from a couple years ago. So really wonderful stuff that I don't really show enough and I ought to, or should I? Is it distressing? Have I freaked you out? I'm sorry if I have, but definitely let me know if you would like to see more skulls and bones or less of them, please and thank you. So coming up sort of quickly, I've got uh, Rue Morgue magazine. And my husband had noted that they changed their paper. They seem to have changed their paper. It's a less glossy, but yet slightly thicker paper on the cover. And the inside seems a little more matte as well. So a little bit lighter, maybe feeling, maybe it's not as high clay content paper, higher recycled paper, perhaps. I don't know, but it's not as shiny and I actually like it. This is Summer of Psychic Children, so creepy children, creepy dolls, perhaps. Uh, Summer of Psychic Children, of course, Firestarter leading the way. Another gift alongside this little skull was this They Live bookmark. I'll show a nicer picture of that. That was just a, a part of another thing that uh, Chris had gotten in the house, but I really like this They Live bookmark more than I really ought to. But yes, Before the Dawn by Heather D. Piano. This is a book of fictionalized Nova Scotia haunting stories from what I gather and I'm quite interested to get into this so thank you very much for picking this up. Enter the world of the paranormal narrated between the covers of Before the Dawn. This collection of short stories takes place in the 1890s and is set in Lunenburg, Matham Bay, Bridgewater and other areas along the south shore of Nova Scotia. Through her stories, Heather DiViano invites you into this fictional world of ghostly chronicles. By opening this book, you open yourself to paranormal experiences, all waiting to be read in this. Heather's latest paranormal short story collection, Before the Dawn, book two in Heather's The Haunting series. So I'll have to work on getting book one of this. And this is a signed copy. So yes, double thank you. Of course, the last haul video I talked about, Manhunt, Gretchen Falker Martin. I am going to read this. As far as me looking for something a little more fast paced, I think this might fit the bill. I'm not 100% sure, but I've got another book coming up uh, that I have not announced yet. That is an, a review copy that's coming and it promises to be a little more fast paced as well. So yes, Gretchen Falker Martin's Manhunt. Fun as hell, says Tori Peters and brilliant. 
says Kavina Iglesias. So yeah, so this should fit the bill as far as me looking for something that's a little more fast paced. And then the patron pick, maybe not fast paced, the Hacienda by Isabel Cana. I'm looking forward to this. I'm hearing really great things about it being likened to Rebecca or of course Mexican Gothic, which I haven't read, but those who liked Mexican Gothic really liked it. So I am looking forward to this. This may not be the fast paced, you know, balls to the wall, be schlock terror trip that I think I'm looking for coming up into June, but perhaps, perhaps the setting of the Gothic will actually not be as slow in my mind because it's somewhere that I'm more comfortable with. It's that quiet horror. So I don't know where this fits in as far as quiet horror outside of the Gothic or if there is uh, a clip to this pace. We'll find out. But yeah, I've been looking really forward to this. This was the patron pick. There is a new poll up for patrons that haven't seen it yet. And there's only three books on that one. So it'll be a tighter race. Last month, I didn't have to turn to other polls to break a tie. And maybe, maybe this month, hopefully I won't either. We'll find out. The Hacienda though, that was like a hands down winner. Uh, yeah, it won by a landslide, so to speak. Looking forward to this. So I'll be curling up with it in the next couple days because I think I'll rip through those fast paced books. That's the point of it, right? Give myself lots of time in this month that's fading fast. Maybe I will do a reading vlog for that too. I don't know. I like filming them. So it's, it's easy. It's portable. I use the same light. I, I like the sound quality. I sort of like the picture quality, but I can fix that, you know, if I don't like it as far as the color temperature and things like that go. But I like the convenience and portability of it all very, very much. So maybe I'll do a reading vlog for the Hacienda. Uh, I gotta look at that footage again for the other reading vlog for the Haunting of Canave House. So that may come up next as well as a video about psycho horror, psychos in horror books with the word psycho literally in the title. I don't know why that has struck me as such a great idea for a video, but it has nevertheless. So thank you so much for watching. If you've read any of these books or any have struck you as something you ought to add to your shelves, let me know in the comments. And of course, if you think skulls are weird and icky, thank you very much for watching and have an ooky spooky day.